City on the Edge. City on the Edge. City on the Edge. City on the Edge. Welcome to City on the Edge, a podcast with me, Nora Hickey, and Ty Bannerman, and sometimes Mike Smith, um, and today we are joined by a guest, Amara Ketchum. So today we're talking about writing and place, and specifically the place we're going to talk about is Albuquerque and New Mexico in general. And we've brought here with us, um, I'd like to call her an expert in writing and place. I know she's a good writer. I've heard, I've heard your stuff um, read at the Red Door Brewery uh, reading series. Yes. I liked your essays. So. Thank you. I'm really thrilled to be here. And to give some background, um, which everyone should Google Amaris Ketchum when you're at home or when you're listening to this right Not now. Not while you're driving. Not while you're driving, I think yes. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Or drinking. <laughs> well, okay. Google and a... drink all you want. Don't drive and drink. Oh, that's right. Okay. And Getting don't drive and Google. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just don't drive and do anything except driving. Yeah. Okay. Good rule of thumb. Okay. So Amaris is a teacher at UNM at the Honors College. She's a writer, an artist, and a creator of an interactive map of writing and Albuquerque. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And she herself is a writer of place. And I've read her poems, her essays, um, and they're all quite beautiful and use place in really innovative ways. So I'm excited to talk to you, Amaris. Now, is this a, a website that has the map on it, the interactive map? Yeah, so if you go to um, www.poeticroots dot com um, you can pull up the map and roots is r-o-u-t-e-s very nice like route 66 gotcha. cool and of course the question for this is how did this happen you know it's why beautiful. did you start poetic roots uh, well um so there's a few different inspirations for the project um the first inspiration was there was a Around 2008 to 2012, um, there was a, a handmade, hand-drawn maps association um, that wait, I found. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait. What? Is, what? Yeah. Tell me more. Yeah. So people would just submit their hand-drawn maps to the hand-drawn maps association, and then they would publish them along with a description of what it was. So their idea was that maps were these things that we created that were like ephemeral and usually served up. A purpose like you have somebody couch surfing with you and you want to give them directions to the coffee shop some of their maps were fictional some were hmm. um, creative maps of like the interior of the bookstore and how my children interacted with that space hmm. um, and so I found out about that and I actually submitted some uh, personal maps that I'd drawn of fruit in Spokane and where the different fruit trees were so I could keep track of when they would be ripening. Oh, nice. Um, and then I had seen some other interesting uses of maps. Uh, Denty Moore has an essay that is... Uh, it's an interactive essay that uses Google Maps. So you go to the first pointer and there's a description and then um, a little narrative part and then you follow him around as he works with, I think he was driving like George Plumpton around back when Denny mm -hmm. Moore was a student. And George Plumpton, of course, was the famous 
narrative journalist right. who wrote about um, joining a football team, the Detroit Lions, maybe? There is a Detroit Lions. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right, good. Yeah. Sports is really my forte. And then I'd, I'd seen other, like, Google <clears throat> Maps being used to show um, creative writing about place. So Saw Palm and Florida, they have a map, and people submit flash essays or short mm-hmm. stories that, that are about certain locations in Florida. Oh, cool. Um, so this is kind of a project that really pulls a lot from those other projects. There's another similar project in Seattle um, that's also a Poetry of Seattle kind of project. That, and that was started by their um, civic poet. And I love it. So if you go to the website, you see a map of New Mexico, and you can zoom in on the different markers. And I do love how it's – you've gotten the coordinates of where these – you know. Mm-hmm where the poems allude to or where the stories take place really specifically, which I think is so cool because, you know, you read a poem about a city and maybe you think, oh, you know, I don't know exactly where that is, but to see them all gathered in the same map, you see the quadrant, you know, where most of them take place in the city and then some of them kind of scattering Mm -hmm. off in different directions. Did that surprise you to see like where they all specifically took place? Well, I think, there's definitely more poems that are about Central Avenue, Route 66, than any other location. Mm. Um, so there, there's like a neat little line that basically starts somewhere on, well, the river and then 4th Street, but then kind of 4th Street up to the university. There's a high concentration. And I think that's just because Central really kind of captures our public imagination of what is Albuquerque. Um, some of the other poems, I had a student working with me, Josh Roshanik, um, to do some poetry workshops to generate, not to generate poems, that makes it sound so like like a machine, <laughs> um, but so to lead poetry workshops that um, teach people how to write poetry of place in different communities. Mm-hmm. And so we, we've been trying to break out of just Central and the university area, yeah. which is obviously where we know a lot of people, um, since I do teach at UNM. But so we've um, done workshops at the South Broadway Cultural Center, um, at a library in on the west side in Rio Rancho Public Library, I think, um, and Amy Beal High School. Oh yeah, I think he's doing that that one this week. Cool. So, yeah, just to try to make sure that people are thinking about maybe a park where they live mm-hmm. or some other street. Yeah, that's not central. I know. It is iconic, but <laughs> yeah. not everything takes place on Central. Were there other, besides Central, were there other themes or images or motifs that appeared? Well, so one of the things about the uh, many of the poems... Um, oh, geez, Nora, you really caught me on the spot here. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of... A, a lot of them reference sort of the natural imagery mm-hmm. that reemerges within the city. I mean, the, the city is a man-made landscape that we've fashioned to meet our needs, but the wilds are always within the city. Mm-hmm. And so many of the poems talk about the cactus or the wind, the dust, mm-hmm. like kind of the, the harsh environmental realities of city living. Um, some kind of go into the awe and beauty of these natural environments within the city as well. Yeah, and I have a poem on poetic roots. 
the poem, it's a prose poem called Valentine, and it is set on Bridge Street. It's Bridge Street, right? Um, oh, on the bridge on Bridge Street over the Rio Grande, um, outside the National Hispanic Cultural Center, that McDonald's by 4th Street. The t I think I was at the Tannix. Um, so it, it comes from a real experience that I had walking on this bridge with my friend. Okay. okay. Go ahead. Cool. Valentine. I had forgotten to put on clean underwear before we left for a walk, just to look over the bridge into the Rio Grande. My friend was visiting from California, and we saw how low the sun was and the red cotton of the sky. I felt badly that the only streets I seemed to know were three-laned and assaulted with traffic. The cars and pickups and buses were tiring and took away some from the beauty of the night. But my friend and I pressed on. We were noticing how things had to be in symphony to really shatter you. The bleed of the sun was pretty enough, but then some flight of birds would unfold and scatter over the river. We were good friends, but still had to keep some feelings to ourselves. It was the sorest part of the day. A small black dog noticed us. I had seen him a few seconds before he made his way onto the street. Time didn't slow down or anything. It was nothing as mystical as that. But suddenly, the time could be marked by when the dog was alive and when it wasn't. There was violence in the sound of contact, a rock cutting water. I remembered sitting in the kitchen earlier with my shirt off. My friend was in the shower, the nearness of my blood. And the dog did not ask to be called terrible, but he was. So what's it like to see this located on the map with your poem attached to it? It's so, I love it. Um, and maybe that's the ego of the writer, but seeing it, you know, as a part of all these iconic and less iconic poems that make up this poetic cartography, as Amaris calls it, you know, and like Joy Harjo's on there, who's a fantastic poet, Margaret Randall, an icon of the city. Um, and to see my poem as a part of like, oh yeah, I've experienced something and then wrote about it in the city too. And it, it was really cool. Okay, and Amaris, did, did you have, uh, did you find one that you wanted to share? Um, yeah, so since Nora read one about the, the river, I also have one that takes place um, down, by, down by the Rio Grande where Central goes over the river. Um, this poem is called Spear Globe Mallow. Uh, Spear Globe Mallow is a kind of flower. You'll hear a little bit more about it in the poem. It grows all over the city, not just in the Bosque. I think it's my favorite, like, Albuquerque flower. Really? We've got a, we've got a little bush of it, um, like, I don't know if, if bush is the right word, but shrub of it in our backyard that grows back every year in the same place, so Aww. I'm fond of it. Aww. The chickens leave it alone, so I don't know if it's poisonous or something, but... <laughs> um, well, we'll learn more about that. Okay. I'm excited. As, as, <laughs> oh, my god! As, as we read the poem. Um, but So here it goes. Broken cottonwoods are closer than they appear, then gone. Look, it's the New Mexico wildflower. He points to a Walmart bag bloomed from sagebrush, a Coke can birthed from yucca. 
If the earth laughs and flowers, it weeps and litter. Following his finger, I see little orange flowers. They grow from a downy clump of muted green. Their orange petals cup a column of stamens. They bloom from last frost to first, niching the whole city's expanse from river to mountain. As wild as a wildflower gets. I've heard the globe mallow is good for sore throats, rashes, and memories where you're always looking the other way. So that was, was that an incident that actually occurred at that location? Well, it's an incident that actually occurred, but it was so long ago, I'm not sure what the location was. And <laughs> when I was originally writing the poem, um, I could just see so clearly me and this old boyfriend uh, in this truck we had that was Rosinante. Uh-huh. You know, because we're romantics, just like Don sure. Quixote. Um, John Steinbeck. And John Steinbeck, <laughs> yes. Um, and just driving across the river and going to, like, Pro Ranch Market mm-hmm. on the oh, opposite yeah. side of the town. So. And you can see it kind of mm-hmm. growing up through the asphalt there. That's I interesting. Can, I didn't know that that would What's it called again? What's the... The Globe Mallow? Yeah. Globe Mallow? Mm-hmm. Wow, now I know. And apparently it's good for sore throats. Yeah. yeah. My chickens don't know that. <laughs> Is it really? Um, Can I eat it and like help my sore throat? Or well, So I, I read about that in a, a text of New Mexico Herbal Remedies from Cheo Torres, who teaches a Coranderismo class. Oh. So oh, cool. the Coranderas use it. Hey, good enough for them. Good enough for me. Cool. So does writing, um, sorry, not writing, does place play a big role in your writing? Because you're also working on a project or you're about to have a project published about the Sandias, right? And the flora and fauna. Yes, um, place does play a big role in my writing. Um, I think one of the things that really drives my writing and my system of inquiry is uh, this one question of how does place make us human? Hmm. Um, so how do we interact with place and then how does place leave its mark on us basically Um, and I like to think about place as almost like an ecosystem so if you think about an ecosystem there's a combination of living and non-living components that are at play in it so the there's wind and water and earth and animals and plants and those are live well some of those are living components um but there's also history and memory and culture um, that play into my conception of place. At yeah. Least. How has writing shaped Albuquerque? Historically, present day, has it shaped it? You know, like the tuberculosis days, mm. was it all shaped as like the TB sanctuary? Right. Do you have any thoughts on that? I think that the writing definitely plays a big part in the history of Albuquerque. Even if you look at the sort of middle Rio Grande culture um, that was here before the Spanish conquest, there's there's mm-hmm. writing on rocks on the mm. other side mm. of the river, right, right at the Petroglyph National Monument. The conquistadors were driven to write about um, New Mexico in particular. It's harder to say whether or not Albuquerque is part of any of those writings. They wrote a lot of kind of epic poems. Um, I know this in part because I was wanting to include some of those in the poetic cartography mm. here, but because it's not 100% Albuquerque, I haven't really pinned down, like, could it be the river, oh, you know? yeah. 
like it's flowing in maybe more from Isleta, Pueblo, Mm -hmm. or someplace that's just right outside of Albuquerque. Um, You mentioned the tuberculosis. I think that that kind of the marketing that's involved in writing, Mm -hmm. particularly in the 20th century, has played a large role in it. I mean, even now we've got the New Mexico True. Right. 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 How Um, do you sell a place? Yeah. And... In those days, it was like the heart of health country, and mm-hmm. now it's what is the the, eth- the ethos of uh, New Mexico true? It's That's a kind good of like question. Rugged well, landscapes, and adventure. Yeah, I think when the New Mexico true campaign started, I think it was partly underwritten by the ski resorts. Oh, okay. And so adventure seemed like it was a big part of it. Yeah, right. Um, you'd often see pictures of people skiing, and then like I remember one time. One of the first ones was sushi, and it was like New Mexico true, and I was like, no, what? That's not. <laughs> that's a strange. Well, one. I don't know if that's Invitation a good selling crab, point. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's not necessarily going to be pull people in from out of the state. But. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's gotten much more local, right? Where it's right. like Gallup is New Mexico true. Yeah. Here's what's true about Gallup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to define what's Albuquerque true. Yeah. Oh yeah. Other than Breaking Bad, right? <laughs> that helped define. Actually, it. it's it's pretty arguable, right? Like, if Breaking Bad is Albuquerque true, um, it's really like solidified what people think of the city as. Mm-hmm. But it's it's definitely like a mythical version yes. of of the city too. Yeah, yeah. It definitely drives living in the neighborhood where some of the scenes were taking place. I see. Yeah, frequently photographers, you know. Wanting right. a picture of Jesse's house or whatever. <laughs> but you could say that in terms of how has like writing shaped the city, I'd say certainly the Breaking Bad phenomenon has yeah. shaped Albuquerque to some extent. Even we've mm-hmm. got the the Netflix um, warehouse moving in, and I imagine I'm. I I think you could argue that it might not have chosen this place if not for Breaking Bad um, and the success of the yeah. Film rebate program, um, probably the, both of those, maybe. Yeah, it sounds like a good <laughs> argument. I know. I just can't think of any. Um, I'm trying to think of novels or something that yeah. have shaped Albuquerque, and all I can think of is Ceremony by Leslie Marmon Silco, which doesn't take place in Albuquerque, but there's some Albuquerque scenes. Right. Um, but that is a very New Mexico novel to me. I feel like Albuquerque often appears as like an incidental place in a lot of yes, writing. Yeah. Like, oh no, I took a wrong left turn. <laughs> well, there's that, right? That's yeah. Right. Prob- that's like the other thing Albuquerque's famous for, besides Breaking Bad, is Bugs Bunny getting lost, and it's our fault. And um, yeah, what about like uh, like Tony Hillerman? I think you know he mm-hmm. writes most of his novels uh, about the Navajo Nation, but he lived here, of course, mm-hmm. and. He was a professor at UNM, so right. I'd imagine his his novels have some scenes in Albuquerque and that kind of thing. So, so does that mean that the great Albuquerque novel has yet to be written? And are you uh, where are you from Albuquerque? I'm originally well, I, I grew up in Kentucky. Okay, so I'm actually an honorary Kentucky Colonel, but I moved out to Albuquerque in 2002. Okay, and I've pretty much been here off and on ever since. And did it? I, a lot of people, I feel like, have some trouble, like, 
dealing with Albuquerque's identity when they first come here, especially if they come from a place like Kentucky where it's super green and, mm-hmm. you know, the culture is very different. Did you go through a period of like adjustment like that? Yes. Plus I was a teenager. So I think oh. there, there's like a lot of oh. adjustment that happens sure. anyway in, in waking up to the world mm-hmm. and, you know, seeing yourself as a person who is in it. Um, I mean, I remember being like shocked just periodically for the first couple of years, like, oh my God, the mountains, yeah. you know, yeah. like this beautiful backdrop to the city. Um, Did Was there like a process where you kind of came to see Albuquerque as a place worth having like a poetic life or legacy or history to it? Well, I think one of the things about the poetic cartography is that it, it celebrates a lot of different people's interactions with the space. Um, and so it's something that's much more community-driven than um, I'm an editor who's going to mm. define what I think Albuquerque is and then try to like mash poems together that will fit that definition. Um, and so... I'm kind of trying to drive towards something that's like a little bit more authentic and like grassroots um, than maybe an edited volume would be of poems that take place in Albuquerque. And I think that that is something that is particularly true of Albuquerque, that there's usually a drive for things to be um, community involved and have open access within the community to different structures that maybe people wouldn't typically have access to. Like having their poems appear in a, you know, a website edited mm-hmm. volume. How do you how do you choose works to include on your map? Um, well, so the the most basic criteria is that it has to take place in Albuquerque. Um, there has to Fair. be like a like a referential uh, street or coordinate that makes sense within the context of the poem. Um, the poems that I've denied typically just don't have that. Yeah. Um, or or they, they don't seem to fit uh, the project for other reasons. Um, some, of, some of them are maybe a little bit too, like, negative, drug use kinds mm-hmm. of things that then don't uh, talk about the space mm-hmm. at all. I mean, I'm not, it's not that I'm opposed to publishing something that's negative. Right. Quite a few of the poems actually aren't like the most glowing. Like, oh, yeah. They're not advertisements for Albuquerque necessarily. It, New Mexico True isn't going to sponsor Poetic Roots. They should. You don't think? <laughs> I I would love it if they did, but they would have to be open to having a more authentic experience right. and one that's not curated by flash and veneer and, and image. One of the things actually that I'm working on right now is I approached the um, Albuquerque uh, Public Art and Urban Enhancement Division about trying to get some of the poems on placards inside the buses so Ooh. that when people are on the bus, they can read a poem, in theory, that would drive past the location. Oh, um, that's cool. And to maybe have some at some bus stops and maybe even have some on the sides of buses where the big advertisements are. Um, the... Public Art Department or Division was really excited about that idea. And so they've been talking to the the Transit Division now about that, too. That's exciting. Um, So that's kind of like the New Mexico True version, except it's 
it's more Albuquerque. Yeah. I think. I hope that happens. And so are you, there's some spots that I see, you know, some poems that are farther off. Would you expand to the whole state or are you just focused on, like, what are your technicalities for? That's really um, been something that I've been debating Mm -hmm. a lot, particularly lately. I just, initially I wanted it to be just in the city because I wanted it to be like contained to an area that I could go and have workshops and um, do different things. Uh, But I'm working on the third edition of the best tent camping of New Mexico Wow. Right now. Um, so you're getting all over. So I'm, yeah, so I'm going all over the state. So then it's like, oh, maybe I could pair up camping research with going into like Red River and doing a poetry workshop there and seeing what comes out of Red River. And how would that be different than what right. comes out of Albuquerque? Or how would um, something written by an RVer in City of Rocks, hmm. you know, be different than what I comes out of... I want to read some RV poems. Some yeah. RV poems? Doesn't that sound like fun? Yeah. yeah. So anyone could submit on your website on Poetic Roots, mm-hmm. and then they would find out if they got chosen for the yes. Poetic Cartography. Yeah. So there's um there's a submit link, and it takes you right now to a Google form. And when you fill that out, it emails um, poeticroots at gmail.com. Well, when is your book coming out on uh, Sandia? Um, so the Poetic Inventory of the Sandia Mountains will be coming out roughly around August 16th. Okay. okay. So we'll keep yeah. an eye open for that. Yeah. Having this conversation and thinking about place and writing, everyone should try to, not, you don't have to, but I think writing about place, poetically journaling, nonfiction, fiction, it can really bring out different aspects of place that you might not be thinking about mm-hmm. just as you're walking around. So I would encourage people to look at poetic roots and try your hand at a poem. We need more, um, you know, Blake's poems. I don't know, actually. Do we, <laughs> Amaris? <laughs> I mean, do you want to define what Blake's poems are? Like Blake Lotteberger. Like, oh, okay. yeah. I thought like, you were talking oh. about William Blake. Yeah. Oh, no, no. And I was like, okay. Hamburger I'm down Blake's. With, like Wordsworth. Like, oh, yeah, Blake. I didn't yeah. quite follow the connection, but I agreed with it. Yeah. I like want, green I want, chili cheeseburger poems. I want to read now a William Blake inspired poem that's about Blake's that's lot of <laughs> lot of, lot of burger. Yeah. A challenge. Yes. Yeah. Well, would you uh, maybe leave us with a poem? I see you have one about um, Fendler's Hedgehog, which is actually a, uh, a cactus that I, I didn't know what its name was, I think. Oh, good. You learned something. Yeah, I did. I did. I, I love these little, it's a barrel cactus, it looks like. and. Yeah, it's one of those little ones that you'll see in the foothills when it's you go like, hiking. One of my favorite things is remembering that those exist because I feel like you see the choya and you see the prickly pear mm-hmm. all the time. And then when you go out into the hills, then you you kind of stumble upon the little little barrel cactuses mm-hmm. poking up and it's it's like a nice little surprise. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the Finlar's Hedgehog, uh, this is another poem from the Poetic Inventory that's coming out in August. Okay, and where where does this take place? Um, so this takes place out at the Elena Gallegos um, picnic ground. I wrote it after I volunteered to do some trail maintenance, and uh, the flowers were all in bloom on the different cacti that were around. And all right, Fiddler's Hedgehog. Imagine that once a year, when the weather started to get nice, 
A giant magenta flower grew out of your crown, doubling your height. Tickled by bees, petals ruffled by wind, gold dust pollen dancing in the air, oblivious to history, licking its chapped lips. I love that. Yeah, I do too. And I get chapped lips a lot, just like that cactus. (laughs) Just have some chapped lips. Yeah, and a magenta flower coming out of your head. You look good with that tie. (laughs) <laughs> okay well thank you Amaris for oh, thank you so much thank you so much for having me yeah okay. and everyone go to www.poeticroots.com oh wait can I do a, a quick plug? sure oh yeah I'll uh, go for, you want. yeah so actually um, I'm going to be uh, demonstrating Poetic Roots and how you can create a project similar to it in your home community or even in Albuquerque there's space for more than one um, it doesn't have to be about poetry it can be about Um, art, oral history, all kinds of things. Um, I'll be leading a workshop for the Creative Placemaking Summit this Saturday downtown at the Convention Center um, from 9.30 in the morning to 11.30. Oh, cool. So you could make your own... Yeah. Yeah. You can make your own cartography. Cartography. That's cool. And, of course, if you want to submit, go to the website and Mm -hmm. and, uh, there are... Yeah, and read, read all the poems. There's a lot of great ones. And to hear artists like Amaris, and unfortunately, um, we've already uh, you've already performed at the Red Door Brewery downtown. (laughs) But uh, Nora is uh, doing Mm -hmm. this uh, poetic series uh, at the uh, at the Red Door, Mm -hmm. both um, of which on Sundays. Yeah, so just keep your eyes open. uh, Follow the Red Door Brewery. And Ty's usually there to support the reader. So you could see him in person of the. of the events so yes. far. So. The two. All right. Well, thank Thanks, you. Thanks, everybody. So much.